0: check out guardianvets.com now.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Veterinary Success Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Douglas, and I'm excited that you're here. And with that, we're going to jump into this week's podcast here in just a second. We're going to hit up our sponsors that help make the show possible. There's lots of companies that I believe in that I think help veterans across the board, whether it's find a job, hire talent, become more efficient in their practice, all those things. right? So these sponsors mean a ton to me. So I know a lot of people will fast forward or skip through them. But if and when you're looking for help and some of the solutions they offer, I would highly, highly encourage you to check them out. And so with that, no further ado, jump into the ads and we'll get right into the show. So thank you for listening and uh, enjoy. I get it, Isaiah. You talk about Bitcoin all the time. Well, as I go out and about, I continually hear the demand for, I need more Bitcoin education, or I don't really understand. I hear you talking about it. I know you're passionate about it. I know you have a lot of conviction, but I need more info. And that's where Bitcoin for VetMed really came from, was taking, hey, the 10,000, 100,000 hours of time that I've spent and distill it down into bite-sized courses. And walking you through of getting a foundational why a little bit of understanding the technical side of bitcoin and then how to grapple with the fear uncertainty and doubt and just the things that you hear throughout the media and giving you the ability to up your bitcoin knowledge to go from zero to hero and feel a lot more comfortable saying okay this is something that matters and i want to take some of the value that i create and save into bitcoin So head over to BitcoinForVetMed.com or click the link in
0: the show notes. If you're struggling to attract new staff or your team is experiencing burnout, pick up your phone and call Guardian Vets. Through virtual team solutions like after-hour triage, daytime virtual receptionists, callbacks, and telemedicine, Guardian Vets can help you have happy staff, happy clients, and a thriving business. Go to www.guardianvets.com and check Veterinary Success Podcast in the Where Did You Hear About Us section to get a free consultation and receive 50% off your first month of service. Don't wait. Check out guardianvets.com now.
1: Finding a job or finding a veterinarian shouldn't be a waste of time. Enter an offer first. Paul Diaz and team have created something really special with Offer First. Some of my favorite reasons are as follows. Candidates and employers will both have values aligned on the first step, not the last. The sign-up process, quick and simple, no resume required. So if you're looking for a job, but you aren't really sure, it's as easy as scrolling on Zillow for a home. And finally, if you have a great match, it's based on your each unique requirements, not random keywords. If you want to learn more, listen to episode 170. Nine with Paul Diaz. We cover all of that. The other exclusive great thing that you're going to get from this ad read and from Paul is I convinced him to give an exclusive discount to listeners of this podcast. So for owners, you're getting a 20% discount on both the placement of any candidate, but also access to the platform. Use VSP if you go to offer first, or the easiest way is a link in the show notes. So check it out. Associates, those looking for a job, same thing. Use the link in the show notes. Use VSP if you go directly to offer first. But I will donate and Paul will donate to a veterinary nonprofit of your choosing. So each person that signs up gets a vote, your votes actually count, which is incredible. And so I'll be reaching out. I will handle that. But there's going to be a donation made for any associate or any job seeker that adds on the platform. We want to make sure that not only does the platform help to make sure that you find a better fit, better culture, better role, but it's also doing good in veterinary medicine. Okay. So. Link in the show notes is going to take you to Offer First. It's going to automatically apply that, but also use code VSP if you go to Offer First directly. And Offer First is changing the game of veterinary recruiting. I want each and every one of you to benefit from it. So check them out today. Find out for yourself why my friends at Shepherd Veterinary Software are the fastest growing practice management software. They're doing something right. Founded by Dr. Cindy Barnes, Shepherd is an intuitive, easy to learn, streamlines practice management. Built for vets by vets, it works for you and your team so you have more time to spend on what's most important, your patients. Shepherd automatically updates the medical records, adds services to the invoice, generates discharge instructions, and so much more. Bring home more stories and less stress. Check them out at shepherd.vet. Again, that's Shepard.vet. All right. Welcome back to the show and I'm excited. I have a repeat guest and I should have done my homework before I clicked record and found out what episode, but back with Dr. Keith True. For those that haven't heard his first episode, I'd highly, highly recommend it. But Dr. True, veterinarian, recent MBA graduate or holder, I'm not sure exactly what term I want to use there, but anyways, uh, has his MBA, definitely an entrepreneurial and finished some time recently with some partner hospitals, member of the board of Access Vet, founder of True Vet Potential and True Vet, which is coming out of that. And uh, certainly want to get into all kinds of different things. But Keith, thanks for joining
2: me. Yeah, it's great to be back again and, and able to connect with you, Isaiah. It's always been a pleasure talking with you.
1: Yeah, it's been fun. I feel like we've known each other for a long time, but it's really only you know not even twelve months. But we had lots of of good conversations together. I just want to lay the groundwork. Kind of what are updates? How's life? And then I have a handful of different questions, but I know we're going to go in a lot of different directions. But I guess provide some updates and anything that you want to kind of set the table with today.
2: Yeah. So just a little bit of background. What I've been up to, it's I just finished up with two of my partnered hospitals. I um, handed the reins over to some more junior partners for them to be able to take the lead and really grow their own careers. Sold those shares or in the process of selling those shares and on to the next venture. And that's always been my my passion is you know to instill the next generation with the tools that they need to succeed and in order for myself to continue to grow it's I have to be able to follow my own path, and that's where I'm at right now, and my contracts just ended about a week ago. It's been really nice to just be at home with my family and enjoy the last week just being a dad and getting stuff done around the house and same same day my contract ended, I, I did finish my MBA and, and gr- walked in graduation down in Champaign Urbana for at the University of Illinois, which I'll represent here proudly today. And now we're here and connecting and talking about the next steps. Yeah, one of the things that
1: you had written it was really cool, and I, I love this. And if you want to expand on it, or if it's hey, that's succinct, that's perfect. We'll just leave it at that. But. You talked about like my true calling lies in nurturing cohesive teams, building successful enterprises and innovating within our field, the field obviously being vet med, but that speaks to kind of what you just talked about with the partner hospitals of you brought people in that are junior, but have had a lot of experience for maybe the amount of years that they've been in vet med and can really shine and you kind of let them go to, to go grow their own career and they don't, you know, need you anymore. And it's similar to like a coaching tree, right? Where you have these, you know, real famous coaches, whether it's NBA or NFL, and they have or even in college football, like Nick Saban at Alabama is a really famous coach. Lots of great coaches have come from working with him. And I always look at that with leadership within any sort of industry. And it's cool to see that from your perspective. Anything that you want to add there? Any thoughts on kind of the idea
2: of nurturing teams, building successful enterprises, or innovating? I think you hit it spot on with your take from what I wrote on LinkedIn the other day. And you know, I would be doing a disservice if I didn't. It's not like I Created that plan and that path. That's something that was passed down to me from my mentors and me being able to learn from them and, and being able to get those opportunities early in my career. And I almost look at it as, as paying it forward. But it's beneficial on multiple levels, not just for those young veterinarians who are getting an opportunity to be leaders in their hospital. And by young veterinarians, I mean for three, four years out of practice where they're getting the reins. I got that opportunity two years out of school and I ran with it. And, and, you know, it was a lot of learning on the go and learning on the fly. But I'd like to think I did a pretty successful job. And based off of the letters I got from my partners as I departed, I think I did. And, And I told both of them, the letters that they wrote, those letters and what they have written to me as a mentor, those are invaluable and the most important notes I received in departing my two hospitals. And I'm really happy that I've been able to give them that opportunity just like I was given that opportunity. And I hope they continue to do that as well. And in regards to being good for them and good for me, I think one thing that, that we fail, a lot of veterinarians fail to realize early in their careers is just developing a succession plan. i am come to accept of who I am and me just being complacent at, at one individual location for me is not what I want to do forever. I need to constantly be building And getting these new challenges. And when we talk about creating succession plans, I've always entered every job that I've taken to train the next person to take that over. I don't want anything being 100% reliant on me because not only does that hamper the growth of those individuals that you oversee, but it hampers your own individual growth as well, depending on what your goals are. Some people love being in one hospital for 40, 50 years. Fortunately, that's just not who I am. I want to take that next step. And, you know, by being able to employ that coaching tree that you just discussed, I think it allows me, and I don't think, I, I know it allows me to be able to do what I'm working on now and couldn't be more excited to be doing it.
1: Yeah. Recent episode, uh, I think friend of, of yours and definitely friend of the podcast, Dr. Cody Kurelman was on and had a really interesting conversation with him and had a lot of feedback from it but one of the things he talks about was you know there's this leadership crisis in veterinary medicine and it flows with a lot of what you said and what you wrote where you said true leadership i believe involves preparing others to excel in your stead which basically is it's not about me it's about like how do you make this as at least in my opinion as resilient and robust as as possible where it's not you know the buck stops here and like i'm what makes this place run and i think some people they relish that feeling Of all this responsibility and stuff, but like you do really want to make yourself replaceable in a way, which seems counterintuitive, but it's like there's always been a statement it's like you can have a job or you can own a business. And if you can't step away, you just have a job, right? If you're the only one that can do it, you have a job. You don't own the business, even if you have 100% equity or whatever, a portion of equity. So do you feel like when you zoom out and let's take a 30,000 foot view of veterinary medicine, do you agree with Cody that there's the leadership crisis? And he kind of highlighted that there are really good leaders, but they've left and there just hasn't been that next generation to fill the shoes because maybe they didn't pass it on similar to the way that you got that. And maybe there's failures in a lot of different ways, but do you, A, do you think there's a leadership crisis? And then B, is it just as simple as trying to do kind of a mentorship, like a real mentorship program that you've been through or are there other things that need to happen?
2: Me and Cody have talked quite a few times and we do share a very similar view and being close in age, I, I think we can relate a lot, especially the past that we've had in, you know, both being partners of smaller groups that have then become larger and being able to then venture out on our own. I, I think he and I have been able to relate to each other quite a bit in regards to that. And I mean I definitely going to echo that sentiment that there is a I would go out to venture and say an extreme leadership crisis when it comes to veterinary medicine. And I think that's why we see veterinary medicine where it is today in regards to the scope of, of the business landscape. And I think there are born leaders. I mean, I think I don't think there's any question about that, but the vast majority of people are not what I would consider, what anyone would consider born leaders. People are born with that inherent ability and that inherent want to lead, but the number of people who enter the veterinary field, I think are a minority when it comes to that. Now, I think the biggest thing that we need to instill in young veterinarians is that leadership for most people is a learned skill. And I don't think we spend enough time talking to veterinary students, young veterinarians about the importance of that leadership. Not only when it comes to, and and I'm not talking from a 30,000 foot view, like we said, I'm not talking about being a leader of an entire business or an entire corporation or whatever you can be a leader and get those leadership skills in a hospital setting whether you have three employees whether you have 50 employees the veterinarian is the head of the team that's working on the floor and being able to develop those leadership skills from as a student and move forward and and excel in those skills is of the utmost importance even on the small scale. Now, when we're talking about the bigger scale, look at who are the leaders of veterinary medicine right now. We have uh, large corporate groups that are now there and and the vast majority of them are not led by veterinarians, which is a topic that we've talked about quite a bit. And me and a few other veterinarians have addressed that and are working on some other projects outside of what I'm just doing to be able to Get veterinarians interested in leadership, ownership, management, all of that. And I think if we get enough veterinarians interested in that and open people's eyes to what a veterinarian, leading veterinarians can mean for a profession in the long run, I absolutely think that that's key to the progression of veterinary medicine into the future. And not only for the, we can talk about all the mental health issues and burnout issues and all of that. I think if we look down to the root cause of that, I think that comes down to a a lack of the next generation of leaders. And I think if we work on focusing on that, I think we can see a lot of the problems that we talk about in veterinary medicine. I think we can start to actually put actionable items out there to help fix those problems that that we like to focus on as the overreaching problem. Yeah, that's what I was going
1: to ask next was, I think a lot of times... On teams, there's plenty of people that can identify this is an issue. This doesn't work well. Hey, Dr. True, this isn't working. You need to fix it. But there's a lot less folks on the team that can say, okay, this is an issue and this is the solution to it. And so I I agree that a lot of times within veterinary medicine, I've always said I'm spoiled that I've gotten this kind of unique way of finding my way to vet med without being a DVM. But there absolutely is a lot of highlighting of issues and less people working on this is the solution to And with a leadership crisis or like this next generation of leaders not being there, it's not, I want to ask you this, is it, it's hard to place the blame on it's this or that, isn't it? It's got to be a combination or fundamentally, is it people not being given the chance or not enough people standing up and saying, I want that?
2: I think there's so many different angles that you can approach it. I wouldn't sit here and say, we can put the blame on one thing. In reality, it's a profession issue. I think whether it's, the type of students we're admitting into veterinary schools, whether it's the lack of actual leadership training and leadership awareness in the university setting, whether it's having that chief who doesn't want to delegate to the next generation of veterinarians. I think the lack of leadership or the lack of continued leaders leadership development, there's so many different tiers that can be affected. And, and each person might not be affected by the same aspects. I think that we have to come at it from a multifaceted view in order to be able to actually narrow down the cause. So I wouldn't say we can put the blame on one particular area. There's a lot of different areas that we need to work on. Where does it start? I just think it's awareness. Being aware that I, as a young veterinarian, need to have some awareness of what leadership is and realize that regardless of whether I'm leading a group of two technicians or leading a a group of 100 hospitals – I think the inherent message needs to be the same in that we as veterinarians, we're not just medical professionals. We are in charge of being leaders of so many different areas of the field and being able to teach that to the younger generation. You know, like I said, it is a learned skill for most people. And even those that are, have that inherent can always benefit from additional learning on that too. So I think that's the most important thing to focus on.
1: What is success? look like from a leadership perspective as we move forward do you have if you could have a dream list or a dream breakdown of like this is what it would look like thoughts on that
2: you and i have talked about this and not not on the podcast but what does and we talk about legacies that we want to leave in our profession and whether that's on the site level whether that's in the lab whether that's with a rescue whether that's on the profession as a whole I think that looks different for everybody. But for me, what I want to be remembered as a veterinary professional is somebody who took a stand for the profession and instilled just a new way of thinking and actionable items to correct a lot of the problems that we focus on and talk about being veterinary professionals. So what does a successful leadership plan look like? I think it really just comes to veterinarians realizing what leadership is. I want to see veterinarians leading veterinarians. I want to see veterinarians leading corporations. I want to see veterinarians leading teams effectively and doing it with a purpose, with a passion and seeing that come to fruition. Is it measurable? I don't know. You know, I mean, yeah, you can say, yeah, there's CEOs, veterinarian CEOs of X number of companies now, or percentage of individual practices that are owned by veterinarians has gone up. But what is success in that? I don't know. I think it just comes down to the message that I'm talking with you about making its way out. And 40, 50 years from now, if my name comes up and even with 10 people, it says, you know what, that message really struck a chord with me and really changed how I approached my career and and made my career better for me and for my patients or for my team. To me, that's success. I don't need it to be measurable.
1: Sure. I mean, today, when you look at the landscape of the various different conferences, again, I don't typically go for CE since I'm not holding a license anywhere. Is there anything that's dedicated like, hey, this leadership track or like trying to help encourage or grow veterinarians to take more of that, I don't want to say burden, but that responsibility because I think responsibility is what people want. I think if you have a little bit more responsibility, going back to the mental health thing, right, it actually will benefit them. I don't see it, but maybe I'm also not looking. So I just wanted to see, do you feel like that's something where that would be part of this or does it need to be completely outside of that?
2: I mean whenever you go to conferences there are practice management talks there are leadership talks there's plenty of that now the attendance on things like that versus actual medical talks or along those lines I would say the attendance is much lower in those than the medical talks at the center of it we're veterinarians you know we're scientists we're healers we're surgeons we're internal medicine people that's the central part of what we do but If we could at least, I mean, even incorporating leadership aspects into the medical causes of that too, I think is, I'm not going to sit here and say I have the exact message that we can put in all of these things, but even just stressing it and the importance of that, you know, to go to talks like that, I think is a good thing for our profession. CE, is that the place where we get it? Yeah, that's what interests me the most at this point in time. So I, I go to those very frequently and seek those out. I've gone to specific courses or conferences that are devoted to that, multiple instances, but I realize I'm in the minority on that. That's not a majority thing. And I don't think it is realistic to for veterinarians to commit most of their time to learning that, but even just a small percentage of your CE and the time you spend developing yourself and put in, reinvesting in yourself, I think getting some of that leadership training is crucial to your own success and the success of the profession in general. Yeah, I would agree.
1: Especially, I mean, if we go back to the thoughts of like, there's a lacking there and how do you find it if you feel like I want it, but it's just not in my practice or in my hospital group that I'm getting. I mean, you have to seek it out in some form or fashion. So yeah, appreciate those thoughts. Let's talk about true vet potential and true vet. Same thing, different thing, and kind of parsing those two. Cause I think for some, they might hear them and think they're the same.
2: Yeah, the basis is the same but the end goal is different. So let me talk about TrueVet Potential first. And I think, you know, realistically, what we've talked about is a lot of what TrueVet Potential is. And I started that a year ago, pretty much right before we met. Really, there's three arms to TrueVet Potential, focusing on the student, focusing on the young veterinarian, early career veterinarian, and then focusing on the new practice owner or soon-to-be practice owner. And that trio of empower, evolve, and emerge in the growth of leadership across your career is just the importance of that. And obviously, I'm very interested in the business side of of veterinary medicine. And one of the central values of TrueVet Potential is being able to empower young veterinarians to get into ownership, get into positions of leadership, and really be able to dictate their career in the way that, that they want to and what's going to benefit them, their teams, their families, the profession as a whole. And originally when I started True Vet Potential, I envisioned that becoming my company and what I did. And when the more I thought about it and just getting a message out and, and almost consulting people to utilize these teachings or provide classes and continuing education to get people to learn this, I realized am I really making a difference in a profession just by putting ideas out there? And when I thought about it more and more, I think the answer was no. I think I need to take this to the next step and actually provide not just ideas, but actionable items that are going to be able to take what I preach with TrueVet Potential and put it into an actual setting. And that's where TrueVet comes in. And what TrueVet is a platform where I can take what we've developed within TrueVet Potential and actually put it into practice. I preach business ownership, I preach leadership, I preach early entry into those as a veterinarian. And that's what TrueVet is. TrueVet is a just launching obviously, but is going to be a group of hospitals looking for partner veterinarians who have the teachings of TrueVet Potential and what we're talking about here strikes a chord with them. And we're going to be able to help those veterinarians get into positions of ownership, be able to get equity early in their careers while removing the fears of the lack of business acumen, the fears of taking on additional debt. Name the laundry list of things that prevents a lot of veterinarians from taking that next step in business ownership or leadership. And we want to lessen those barriers and be able to partner with these veterinarians to create co owned hospitals that allow them to succeed, allow them to dictate how their career progresses, and be able to empower them, also coaching them on how to create it successful. Uh, There's going to be a lot more that comes to that. That's kind of the brief elevator pitch of what we want to do. But in essence, the summary of what is TrueVet potential, or what is TrueVet? TrueVet is a group of hospitals focused on empowering early career veterinarians to get into positions of ownership where we're going to be partners, we're going to make it succeed, and we're going to do it in a way that benefits not only the veterinarian, the veterinary teams, the clients and the patients. And you know, we're going to do it in a way that is extremely technology-based, utilizing a lot of the technology that's out there already and new technologies out there too that I think can drastically improve our efficiency of veterinarians. We talk about the actual shortage. You know, do we have a shortage or do we have a deficiency problem? And I'm not talking about, hey, you need to run in and see 50 patients today. It's We're going to find ways to be able to lessen the burden of the monotony of the day, the records that people are taking home and, and typing out at home, the inability to delegate certain tasks to your team. There's a lot of wasted time within our days where we could be helping more animals, but we're not because of our lack of taking on new technologies and stuff like that can greatly benefit us. So it's a marriage of a lot of ideas into one, but something that me and my business partners are able to go, hey, you know what? We've recognized the problems within veterinary medicine. We've talked about them with true Vet potential, but In order to make a difference, we actually need to put this into an actionable item where we can bring veterinarians with us and and actually empower them and show them the ways to be able to do this.
1: If you can improve the health of an animal, you do it, right? Of course, that's what makes veterinarians special. You're mission driven. My friends at LifeLearn are the exact same way. For over 25 years, they've been partnering with you and your peers, providing affordable, customizable, online software solutions these solutions save time, increase efficiency and assist in managing all aspects of operations. Why? They want to help you improve your partnership with pet owners to improve pet health. LifeLearn has award-winning digital media solutions and are leading the pack as they've prioritized having extensive veterinary knowledge throughout their teams. That difference is seen, it's heard and it's read by thousands of people across the country. Relax grow and thrive with life learn click the link in the show notes for an exclusive offer to see how LifeLearn can allow you to get back to what you do best and you had written some about Truevet, and obviously we had had conversations prior to this knowing you had an interest here and you know kind of your vision for it but one of the things that you talked about earlier you talked about the corporatization of veterinary medicine one line that stood out to me was the our broader mission is to reaffirm the veteran's role as the primary voice in our industry and I think that's one thing that is really interesting because it's veterinary led veterinary owned from from that perspective and trying to ensure at the end of the day the people that are providing the care and the voices that are there are people that have done it right it's harder for someone like Isaiah that looks at it as like hey this is a great business we can maximize the profits by doing X, Y, and Z versus someone that can say, hey, we can do really well. We can pay our team really well. We can have financial success. And we're also going to like provide this amazing medicine because we actually have done it. There's a massive difference there. And that's awesome.
2: Yeah. And I think, I mean, I do want to say that there are amazing leaders in the veterinary industry that are not veterinarians. I think if I were to come out and say that only veterinarians can be leaders in, in this industry, that is definitely not the case. Now, I think when we talk about corporations and we look at a lot of corporations other than the chief medical officers, chief veterinary officers, why are we not seeing more veterinarians at the executive table? And I think that's one thing that really empowered me to be able to, to take this next step and create something like that. Now, if even talking about the corporate landscape that's already out there, I think you could really create something special by taking veterinarians who you know, are leaders in, realistically have probably done every single job from working the kennels, cleaning up feces to actually you know, doing major surgery in the surgery suite. I mean, there's something that's to be said to really know what every position in a veterinary hospital does, can do, should be doing. And most of us who are in this position have climbed that ladder to the point where we are right now. And I think to say, hey, you as veterinarians, you need to stay in the exam room and not be the leaders of of your own industry. I think it's foolish. I think you can create something very special by taking, if there was a team effort in the non veterinarian leaders and business leaders and the veterinarians and the business minded veterinary minds coming together, you can create something very special with that. And I have not been able to say, hey, you know what? Somebody's doing that right. And um, I think that's the void that I'm trying to fill. But yeah, when it comes down to it, we veterinarians know the ins and outs of this profession. We've been there, we've done that. We bring a lot of value to the table in our ideas, not just our treating ability. And I think that's what I want to be able to see, be at the forefront of this next step of my career and hopefully several others as well.
1: Yeah, in the intro, I talked about one of the things that, you are absolutely is an entrepreneur and that's like the entrepreneurial journey, right? Looking out and saying, who's doing this really well? If you can't find anyone that's doing it where you can be like, I'll just go join their team, right? They're doing it great, like no need to reinvent the wheel. You're like, that is the entrepreneur's journey. It's I can go do this better and this is how, and I see the areas where we can improve it. Not that everyone else is now suddenly out of business, but it's just like, we can make it better. And I think just like any industry, especially in veterinary medicine, right? If you get a group of talented people in a room that are all mission-driven, right? I've said this because you were asking me earlier, like, hey, how's the new gig? How's this stuff going on? I've seen that. My new role with Swan, and I've said that on this podcast a couple times. It's like you get people that care about an issue that are really driven by, like, this is the mission of what we're trying to succeed. It changes things, and it's a very different thing than just being like, oh, it's some tech company, and we're trying to make a lot of money very different. Same way like a veterinary hospital, it's like, this is how we're going to do it. This is why this core foundation, we're going to make sure leadership is a part of it across the board. We're going to do these different things. That's going to resonate. And you know what? All of a sudden, you don't have a recruiting problem. All of a sudden, the staffing is a little easier, right? Like there's all these things that suddenly fall into place. And it's not, you know, rainbows and butterflies where everyone's just like, oh, it's so great because everyone gets along and we're one big family that's always happy. It's like, no, but it's going to be a lot easier. And that's a big lift. And I think the idea of The soft stuff that's like, eh, the culture stuff is wildly, wildly underrated in veterinary medicine, but everywhere, wildly underrated.
2: I agree. And yeah, I'm I'm trying to fill a void. But once you start talking about things that I've talked about with other like-minded veterinarians, you realize the heart of it. A lot of us are trying to fulfill the same thing. I always thought I was a little bit of an outsider as a veterinarian because the business side I love it. I love the leadership side of it and you know even when I will say even when I talk to friends and family and say hey this is what I'm doing they're almost like confused at, as to why I am because what do we picture every veterinarian as in an exam room in a surgery suite stethoscope around the neck you know holding puppies kittens all of the above right and I realize that there's what you determine the success of your career looks different to everybody. And I do love being a veterinarian. I do love getting in the surgery suite, doing orthopedic surgeries, doing doing some really cool stuff. And I can always do that. I can do that tomorrow if I wanted to, but there's just an itch that i able to scratch now that is just igniting a new fire in inside of me. And I've been talking to people like Cody and, and several others that I connect with now on a, on a regular basis. It's refreshing to hear that there are others who have that same drive and that same passion to do other things within the industry as well. I'm looking forward to the opportunity to be able to do that full-time and on my own terms. And I'm not going to sit here and say I have all the answers that's going to solve veterinary medicine for everybody, but I have business partners that I brought on and I I said, hey, you know what, you guys, I, I don't want you here to sit here and agree with me. I think if we're actually going to fulfill the mission that we want, we have to come at this from from multiple different angles and you know I don't want you to feel afraid to be like, you know you know what I don't think that idea is very good. I, I think we should you know maybe what have you thought about this or, or should we try something like this? I think that's just invaluable. I, I think even when we're talking about leadership, to realize that you're not the sole voice and don't have all the answers up in your own head. I think that's extremely important for us all to realize, no matter what profession you're coming in, you know, the heart and soul of any good ideas really comes down to the team that put it together, not necessarily the individual person that put it together. And I don't think we necessarily recognize that every single time.
1: Yeah, I would agree. So what does it look like as much as you want to share? And also you ruined such a great clickbaity title with Dr. True has all the answers to fix veterinary medicine. I bet I get more download <laughs> if I put that out there, right? I would get lots of people to click a like, I don't, I didn't hear any answers in this. What the heck? But in all seriousness, what is kind of the next steps for you? Like, I know you're kind of building things out and maybe there's certain things you don't want to share and that's totally fine. But what does it look like? Is it veterinarians that want to partner? Is it, how does it actually nuts and bolts, like actually work from here for you?
2: Yeah. So right now, I mean, now that we're realistically have, you know, I've been a partner at three different practices. Those I have since sold now and I'm back down to zero, which is refreshing because now I get to start from the ground up. And what am I looking for now? I mean, we are absolutely looking for veterinarian partners to who, who this has struck a chord with and maybe been teetering that edge of ownership, but there's the debt, there's the I, I don't know, necessarily know what I'm doing. You know Those people who have kind of teetered on that edge who want to be able to take that next step and get in early, you know, be able to help direct this company moving forward. And even though I'm based in the Chicago suburbs, I think COVID uh, pandemic has proven that the world can be much smaller than what it actually is. And you know, I'm not looking to just put hospitals that are within close proximity to me. I'm looking for individuals who... You know, share a passion for not only veterinary medicine, but building teams, business ownership, being able to propel our profession into the future through innovation. Those are the people that I'm looking for to partner with, and finding the right people that we work well together with and can share this similar mission. Those are the people that I want on my team, and and uh, I don't want to say my team. I want to say on our team, and be able to propel this forward and. I don't necessarily care where in the country you are. I'm always open to taking a phone call and seeing if a partnership with, with us is something that is of interest. I'm not looking for a quantity of people to do this. I'm looking for quality. And we'll make this grow as fast as we're able to based off of the right people that come into our group. So reach out to me directly. Reach out to us. The website True Vet Potential is up and running. and We'll continue to expand on that by providing new content and, and videos and all of that. But the actual site for True Vet is is in development right now. But we're up and running and looking for those first few sites to launch. and 2024 is the goal to get the first couple going, and we'll grow from there. But we want to make sure the model is is right and. I don't want to say perfected because I don't think you can ever perfect anything, but it's ripe for being able to replicate to ensure the success of more and more veterinarians. Do you
1: think it's a de novo? Is it a, an acquisition? Is it, it just depends?
2: Honestly, I think it's both. I think there's a specific subset of practices that really interest me when it comes to acquisition and I see a lot of older veterinarians who you know, either are know are ready to retire but don't necessarily have that successor in place. I think that's and we're gonna see those practices either sell for very little money to somebody who's gonna run them, which is great for that person who buys them, but for that veterinarian who wants to retire and has relied on that value for their retirement, I don't want to see that. De novo is definitely a way where we can take all of this new stuff that we're putting in and start it very easily. But I don't want to sit here and say that an acquisition is off the table because when I talk about bettering veterinary medicine, that comes in trying to prevent those hospitals that are, you know, have a veterinarian who's retiring soon and either they're going to close or whatever. That's not only bad for that veterinarian, that's an opportunity for leadership that's now lost. And not to mention, I mean, at the root of it, the biggest problem is that community is now without a, without a veterinarian, and that's a shortage problem. So, even if you are a veterinary practice owner who isn't find yourself in a situation like that, we can definitely help with that under the right terms and trying to find somebody to lead. You know, even if you have an associate who's you know, hey, maybe interested in it. Those are practices that we absolutely would be interested in being able to grow and hope that next generation take that over as well. So de novo, yes, that's definitely something of interest, but acquisition of the appropriate scenarios is absolutely something I'm interested in pursuing as well.
1: It's super interesting because I've had some conversations in the podcast. I haven't even recorded it. It's not even scheduled yet. I think there's three older veterinarians that have had a, a hell of a time trying to sell. And obviously I think have some frustration, have some thoughts, have some, I was like, Hey, come on, have a conversation. Let's open up the dialogue. If you have things you want to say, I'm happy to provide a platform. I may push back or ask questions for clarification, but I do think that there is, and part of it is generated from those conversations that I've already had, but there has to be opportunity there. I think the challenge is always, okay, is there someone in this area? Cause maybe it's not. Chicago where someone wants to be maybe it's less attractive part of Illinois for some but if you're not from there it's it's hard to feel like that could be a great place to maybe live or raise a family or or buy this business and I think that's where it does get tricky and maybe that is some of the, the challenges but the other thing is like you mentioned they might be, be um, thinking that this has to be for retirement they have a number in their mind that just isn't that's not logical. And I think that's the other part that's tricky. And it's like, yeah, it's like telling someone their baby's ugly. And I get that. That's tricky. That's hard. You don't really do it. Right. Or if you do, you're just a jerk. So that's part of, I think that struggle is, is their interest. And then is that younger veterinarian that maybe is from that area, can they actually afford to do it? And can they make that happen? And I think that's a really interesting, interesting spot for true vet to be like, Hey, we can come alongside, partner with you, make this work. If we can get everything, balanced out. Because I think at the end of the day, most of these veterinarians don't want to just close the door and, and like you said, provide this huge gap in veterinary care for a community that they've been there for a long time. That's the worst case scenario for them.
2: I agree with that completely. And, and I'm not going to get into the nuts and bolts of it, but we have actually thought about some ways to encourage veterinarians to go into some more underserved or more rural areas to be able to open up practices like that. And that so not every practice is going to be as profitable as the other one is opening up a profitable practice in a rural area versus, you know, a, an urban area. What you're going to make on that return is definitely different, right? But there's ways that you can join this group, be in a more rural area, but still be able to benefit off of being part of a group that's more than one hospital that's all working together. I haven't talked to, you know, I know in previous podcast that we've recorded, I talk about just wealth building in general as a veterinarian and why we downplay the importance of being able to make a great living doing that. But at the heart of it, what I've talked about us at TrueVet being the the Robin Hood of of veterinary medicine and being able to create a a platform where everybody's going to make really good money doing what they're doing. They're going to be able to practice medicine that they want to practice. They're going to be able to take the next steps in regards to leadership. And you can provide excellent care and and make a great living doing it. And every veterinarian out there has put in enough work that you deserve that. I don't want to create a a company where I'm the only one who's successful in the company. The more people that we employ, the more people that we help pursue a career that, that drives them, the more wealth we help create for families. That's really what I want to be able to do. Right now, the people who make the most money in veterinary medicine are not veterinarians. I want to flip the script on that and return it to, you know, return it to what it is. And not just veterinary teams, veterinary technicians, client service representatives, it goes from all all above. Most people who work as support staff in veterinary medicine are not making wages that are sustainable and enough to create wealth building opportunities. There's no secret in that. I think there's ways that we can all do that, that we can help fix that. It's a big task. I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, we get all the answers, and this is how we're going to do it, and everything is going to go great." That's foolish to think that that's the case. But you come into it with, "This is where this is coming from. This is this is mission. This is this is coming from the heart." And hey, now we got to figure out the dots to connect in the mind in order to figure out how that works. And I think that it's 100 percent doable. And I wouldn't be starting this company if I if I thought otherwise. So,
1: yeah. For sure. And the other thing that I'll say is from your perspective, if you wanted to, right, I don't know, like we've never talked about personal finance, but I'm sure if you never did, if you just worked relief and did a little bit of that, you could probably be fine financially. This is not necessarily about like, hey, I'm trying to amass this massive net worth by starting this huge thing and then flipping it to the next big buyer. There is a mission behind it, which that does separate people starting businesses versus like, oh, there's a really good opportunity to go make a ton of money in this space. And you're like, yeah, I don't really care about this space, but there, it's hot money. Let's go raise money and, and make it versus I want to go make a freaking impact, which is cool.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I think you can make a great living, you know, going up. There. I mean, I was making a great living doing what I was doing. Some people think I'm foolish for walking away from what I was doing, but personal fulfillment is extremely important to me. And I don't like thinking about... Th- 20, 30 years into the future. And, you know, I think of myself, you know, older and and regretting not doing it. it's like, you know what, it's time to to pull the bandaid off. Let's, you know, do what I've always wanted to do and, you know, be that builder that I strive to be. Yeah. I think it's a hundred percent comes down to what you just said. And, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes, but it does come from a mission. And going back to the finance part of it in a, industry that's getting more and more private equity and venture capital funding. You know, I think a lot of that when we do take on those types of you know, those those types of companies definitely can serve a purpose for a lot of different organizations. But if I you know, I would never sit here and say, Hey, I will never take outside money. I mean, I, I think that's foolish to be able to say I you know that you're not going to do that. But when you go into it from the beginning and say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to take private money or venture capital money right off the bat to do this." I think you give up. You, know, you have the potential to give up that that central mission. So, as of right now, I'm trying to do this with traditional debt. Trying to do it with funds that I've secured myself through the sale of my own practices, and you know, same for my business partners. And I think that by keeping that ownership close to us, it's not necessarily selling that company or having the idea of selling that company off, that's going to be, allow us to keep that mission central. So it's trying to build a group without a ton of money on the table right now. And it's different. It'll be difficult. It'll be an interesting challenge for sure.
1: Absolutely. Is there anything I haven't asked about that's on your mind or heart? It could be about True Vet, True Vet potential, just veterinary medicine in general.
2: I think you hit a lot of it on the head. And I just want to say one thing here in regards to. I've been working really hard for the last ten years with with my practices and then taking on an m b a and it's not a personal thing you know this has very much been a family oriented thing and I have three kids, a wife who have been extremely supportive of me during this time of building up practices and and then taking on an m b a program and I really personally just want to say how grateful I am to have a supportive wife and um, kids who, you know, recognize how hard I work. And at the heart of it, that's what I do all this for and in, in creating a better life for them. And I said, if I haven't said generational wealth yet in this, it's, I think generational wealth is the reason we, a lot of us do what we do and in trying to create, you know, not only good lives for ourselves, but more importantly, good lives for our, our kids and, and grandkids and, you know, moving forward. And at the heart of it i'm, I'm family centric and i am just extremely grateful that um, my family has been so supportive of me during this time and, and continue to be supportive of me as we uh go to this next venture too so nothing particular other than that and just wanting to say you know thank you to them i think is the only thing that i need to get off my chest
1: yeah i love that and i think it's important to remember that and there's also again going back to these different things about being veterinary owned and like the benefits of that when you don't have support at home and try to do these things it makes it such a a stressful thing versus seeing the bigger picture and being on the same mission and and having alignment there is huge and so i know one of the things that we bonded on when we first met was family stuff and we had a good conversation early on i was like yeah that's cool like you don't talk to a lot of guys a lot of men that say some of the things that you said. And I respected you instantly because of that. And I knew it was authentic. It wasn't something that was BS. So that's really cool. I appreciate you saying that. And I think it's important for people to reflect on that because there are certain gifts like that, that aren't financially related at all, right? Like those are things that are blessings regardless of what happens. So as this will be likely the last episode of 2023, right? I think that's an excellent message for people to think about going into 2024 in a really good spot to kind of put a bow on things from this conversation. And for people that are interested in talk to you about opportunities and different things, you talked about true vet potential, kind of going there and reaching out. Uh, I know you're on LinkedIn. Is that connect on LinkedIn, shoot your DM.
2: Yeah, that connect, well? on, connect on LinkedIn. My email is on truevetpotential.com. dot com. My cell phone number is on there too. I know it's bold, it's bold, but it's there, and I wouldn't put it out there if I wasn't ready to be able to talk and connect. But it's not hard to get a hold of me, and we'll, whether that's through email, LinkedIn, you know, text message, phone, whatever that might be, I'm here to chat and you know, see how how we can better serve you, serve the industry, and
1: let's do it. Perfect. Thank you, Keith. As always, it's a pleasure to chat. I really enjoyed this. Thank you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Isaiah.
1: Thanks for listening to today's show. The comments made on today's show should not be taken as investment tax or legal advice. All comments are for educational purposes only. However, you are intelligent enough to make decisions for yourself. So I do encourage you to dig in, learn for yourself, and not just outsource every decision that you make. You should talk to your professional team if you have one before implementing anything that I talk about, but also make sure they know what they're talking about. Push them, question them. That's healthy. That's okay. Oh yeah. And you should probably own and learn a little bit about that Bitcoin thing. The biggest compliment you can give to me is to share the show with a friend or the podcast if there's another episode that you really like. That helps folks find it. That helps it grow. Um, Reviews are critical. The Apple podcast is the platform that's predominantly used for how people find the show. So if you have three minutes, love the show, please head over, give us five stars. If you believe that's what we earned, that would help more people find the show. Also, if you're new, go to YouTube. It's a channel, uh, putting up all the videos there as well. Sometimes it's going to be more interactive. Other times it's just going to be the conversation. So vainly I want to get hundred subscribers. So I get the vanity URL. That's the goal. We're on our way, but not quite there yet. For all of today's links, information, head over to veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. There you can also subscribe via your favorite podcast platform. So you won't miss any episodes in the future. And finally, if you'd like more information, insights, or have the ability to, for your voice to be heard, join the Facebook group. You can search for the Veterinarian Success Podcast on Facebook or head over to the Scroll to the bottom, that's your host, click on the Facebook icon, and thanks again for listening. I appreciate you. All right, so there are a lot of great job postings that I want to get to. And so we're going to start off with Bayside Hospital for Animals. Great work-life balance in beautiful Fort Walton Beach, Florida. No weekends. Monday to Friday, 8 to 5, no on-call or emergencies. It's an appointment only here. Currently a two-and-a-half doctor practice, new owner in 2021, bringing some fresh life into the hospital. The new owner had been there for six years prior working, so definitely understands the team, the processes, and the community. Lots of investment in people and new equipment. ProSAL is the pay structure. Far too many benefits for me to list. Email BaysideVet251 at Yahoo or call 850-864-864 one eight five seven join a thriving growing small animal practice in vermont on the quebec border full-time ideal part-time is considered the idea is to start with yes with the team patients and clients in outdoor woman's paradise while uh, being able to practice high quality medicine compensation is write your own structure within production capabilities literally it is the owner wants to t- find the right person and is happy to negotiate chat through and find the right fit If you want autonomy and a boss that enjoys teaching, reach out to Newport Veterinary Hospital. You can email newportveterinaryhospital at gmail.com. North Central Indiana, looking for an oasis in the chaos? Who isn't, right? Come join the amazing team at Fulton County Veterinary Clinic. They strive to foster a fun, fast-paced work environment. providing quality patient care they utilize the support staff efficiently so that the doctor is available to practice medicine and do what you're trained to do in less time and paperwork which is great lots of investment in new equipment and technology to support you full-time or part-time available small animal and exotics are both seen there so no er no on call no weekends competitive salary with sign-on bonus offered and far too many benefits to list go to fulton county veterinary clinic so type that in and you'll find the job posting there Last but not least, join Watertown Animal Hospital, personable, small animal veterinarian wanted for well-established current five doctor mixed animal practice in Northern New York, which is an outdoors persons paradise. Again, two of those. So if you like the outdoors, you can look at Vermont or New York. They have plenty of support staff with six CSRs, six licensed technicians, four animal caretakers, two technical assistants, hospital associate, or sorry, hospital assistant, a practice manager, and a bookkeeper. Focuses on mentorship and investment. On the people and the technology. That's been a strategic initiative by the leadership team. No on call, uh, 24 hour ER less than an hour away. Salary based on experience, but no less than $95,000. Can be straight salary, pro sal considered. Want to discuss that with the right person? Tons of benefits. Again, too much to list. Please reach out to watertownpetcare.com for that option as well. So, again, if you find a role or a job or talk to anyone and it helps you in any way, I would love to hear that feedback. So, please reach out. Let me know what you're able to do and I will continue to post these. So if you are an owner, reach out to me, let me know and we'll go from there. And until I hit a capacity of, I can't keep recording these, I want to let people know who are high quality owners around the country looking for great help. So with that, we'll talk soon.